Hello everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Adult Mutant Ninja Turtle. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Stacy. This podcast episode will, was going to be part 2 of an overview, continuing on from the last episode's podcast, but I'm afraid we'll have to leave that till episode 3, so sorry about that. But I just recently had prolotherapy, so we're going to talk about that type of therapy today. Something that's probably specific to EDS, but um, still very interesting to learn about, I think, nonetheless. Okay, so let's talk about prolotherapy. Um, so I just had that yesterday and the day before. So I split it into two days because I couldn't handle doing it all at once. I'm a bit tired because I'm in pain, because prolotherapy is kind of painful, but I'm going to talk about it because I feel like it's something that is just not heard about, and it was hard for me to find someone to do it, so I thought I would share it and let people know about it, because it is really interesting, and if it, I think it has a lot of success with people. Um, too early for me to know yet if it's going to have success on me, but of course I will come back with updates and let you know about how I feel it's working. So we heard about prolotherapy, obviously from my mum, she finds out everything. Um, it has been well researched, um, there's been plenty of studies done on it, it's clearly been done in the community, well you know it's been performed on people with EDS as well as people without EDS, um, but I feel like it's just a bit harder to find someone in practice who will do it on someone with EDS. Um, prolotherapy has been done, I think, for a long time on normal people, non-mutants. So prolotherapy involves injecting a solution such as dextrose, which is glucose sugar water, into painful ligament and tendon sites and or into adjacent joints. They usually inject some concentrated 50% glucose mixed with equal volume of local anesthetic. Look, this technique can be used in most joints that are unstable, dysfunction with instability or chronic low back pain. I'm like, hey, instability, that's me. But even though they say instability, you know, it's not necessarily EDS, you know. People can have instability in their joints or certain ligaments if there's if they've been injured or something's obviously happened to it to make it like that. The solution is safe and water-soluble, which is easily excreted from the body after having the initial desired effect. It works by causing cells to lose water, which leads to a localized inflammation inflammatory reaction stimulating the growth of collagen fibers and connected tissue this process is thought to thicken tighten and strengthen the weak tissue resulting in a stronger tendon or ligament that can hold body structures in place more effectively prompts the body's natural repair mechanisms to heal injured or weakened joints ligaments and tendons hello i have weak joints ligaments and tendons wonderful as the weakened area heals, pain is usually reduced or eliminated. This biological process can often take up to six to eight weeks, um, which explains why you may not feel benefits immediately. A series of three injections are usually given six weeks apart to encourage optimal tissue growth. So we're trying to prompt the body. It's sort of a natural approach where we're trying to get the body to grow more collagen into that specific area. It's like really targeting the area where there's not enough collagen. And look, when it comes to EDS, you may require a bit more, you know, injections. We're all variable. You might require more and more injections because 
the collagen that your body might produce in that area might not be sufficient enough. If not, it might be strong enough. So you might have to do it several times, but it seems like it is quite effective for people, even if they require injections, you know, on and off for a while. Um, from what I can gather, it seems like you need fewer and fewer injections um, until it eventually seems to stabilize. Like I'm not saying that you inject yourself, you walk away and you're fine forever, but it's more like, so for example, I had my injection. So I'll come back in two weeks and I'll get all those same pretty much all those same places probably injected again, depending on how weak that tissue is, how hypermobile, how, you know, dislocate those joints are, if that's a word, it, you know, then there might be ones that are the more prone to dislocating, probably my shoulders that are a bit more, they dislocate a lot more, they might need more top-ups, so I might come back in three months, then I only need to come back next time, six months, next time, come back three years, you know, that sort of thing. And it seems like it's quite effective for people and especially people with EDS, which is what we want. Okay. A local anesthetic is used to ensure minimal discomfort with the injections. Just make sure the anesthetic is working enough. I'll get into that. Okay. Um, often using it as an alternative to cortisone injections. Because cortisone injections can often weaken connective tissue with long-term use. Probably important to note with people with EDS, be wary of cortisone. Irrespective of the solution, the actual motion of injecting into the ligament has been shown in some patients to reduce inflammation, resulting in significant long-term pain relief and reduced disability. Um, side effects. Bruising, pain, stiffness, swelling may occur for the few days following the procedure. Um, small amount of local bleeding and bruising. Sore for several days. This is good, as it means that an inflammatory reaction is occurring, which should strengthen the ligament. Blah, blah, blah. Avoid taking anti-inflammatories. So don't take Nurofen. We don't want the in. We don't want anti-inflammatory medication. That defeats the purpose. We want the body to be inflamed because we're trying to get the body to send some collagen there, or we'll grow some collagen there. Generating new collagen gives to connective tissue their strength and ability to handle strain and force. Stimulates tissue growth, increases ligament mass, thickness, and bone junction structure. Stimulate production of new fibrous tissue and bone to stabilize articulation where the bone and ligament meet. Wonderful. Prolotherapy has a history of treatment treating uh, ligament injuries. All or most joints can be treated at each visit. You can prevent the development of precocious arthritis, osteoarthritis, sorry because individuals with EDS and a Biden score of at least four, which is just how you can diagnose and I guess in a clinical assessment form, identify if someone has um, hypermobility and might meet the criteria of EDS. Okay, so individuals with EDS and a Biden score of at least four, 100% of them will develop osteoarthritis by 40 years of age. 100% seems pretty... Quite definite, doesn't it? Sounds like I'm getting osteoarthritis. I knew that. Okay. Extreme hypermobility and repeated injury leads to early osteoarthritis. So, you know, we need to take care of ourselves if we're hypermobile people. We need to not repeatedly injure ourselves or we will get early osteoarthritis. That's why it's important, people, to not listen to any doctors or health professionals who might be a bit too blasé and might think that there won't be any 
injuries to you or somehow don't believe that it's going to have a significant impact on you for doing certain things that damage you. They might think that, oh, whatever, it's not even real pain. If they're confusing it with fibromyalgia and they're like, oh, it's not real pain or I don't know, which is stupid because pain is pain, people, but they might not think there's a real physical cause and then they don't care or they might find it hard to believe because a normal person may do something the same thing and not physically it might not physically affect their body however eds as we know it's a mutant body people need to get it into their heads that mutant bodies are different to normal bodies that's why they're mutants okay eds hypermobility is the most debilitating form of eds with respect to musculoskeletal function Okay, that's why it's so disabling and very painful, okay? So don't let anyone tell you that it's, like, not one of the bad EDSs. They're all bad. That's why they're EDS. Look, okay, surgical treatment for unstable joints is ineffective. Surgery doesn't correct underlying tissue fragility. So tell people that if they want to do surgery. It's not really helpful. Okay, um, I was talking about prolotherapy, but I got distracted by that. Okay, the, the doctor I saw had done it on people with EDS before. So he was familiar on doing it on some smaller joints and not just the lower back, which is just being done before. And I was nervous because I was like, well, I want someone who's done prolotherapy on actually an EDS person because I wasn't sure if there might be a different amount of glucose. You know, the injection site might be different. Um, there's obviously different things at play. The the anesthetic reaction might be different. My... Um, recovery is different like as a general rule you'd like for a doctor to be familiar with your condition before they try and treat your condition you know is that is that just common sense is that just a basic human necessity probably but I think that's important so I heard um I, at first I was just searching for people who did prolotherapy so I found someone who did prolotherapy in Melbourne that's where I live that's why I saw that chronic pain specialist who I referenced in the last um episode and she was the one who kept on talking about my EDS as though it was the same thing as fibromyalgia. And I'm thinking, this girl don't know nothing about my condition. Um, and because she was saying that, you know, there's no physical cause for it. Um, like there's no physical reason for your pain, sort of like fibromyalgia where your brain is obviously um, sensitive to pain or perceiving pain that doesn't have a physical cause you know that can be the case in fibromyalgia where you're just like overly sensitive and just pain everywhere and there's not an actual reason for it but but like I know what the pain is so like I dislocate myself and then I'm in pain and she's like oh yeah but like there's no physical cause for it. I'm like okay you're not hearing the words dislocate are you I think she was like not quite believing it I mean I don't know if you're not familiar with EDS I think it sounds pretty um it doesn't make much sense to dislocate yourself for no apparent reason I suppose Especially when you say things like, oh, I dislocate myself, but then I pop it back in. It, like, sounds a bit absurd. Like, obviously, you didn't dislocate yourself. A normal person doesn't, can't do that and not be, like, screaming in pain. But because my joints are so lax, it, it does just pop out easily and then you pop it back in. You can pop it back in quite easily. It's not as, I feel like it's not as painful or as difficult as it is with someone who has normal joints that normally stay in the right spot however it is still painful when it dislocates you're not just hurting the joint you're hurting the ligaments you're hurting the muscles the muscle pain radiates down um, you can compress nerves and you're getting nerve pain um, 
especially when it's in spots such as like near your neck, compressing organs, you know, unstable necks, compressing gets the brainstem. Anyway, I'll get into that later. I was just telling her about like, I want to get some prolotherapy. Um, heard you guys do it. Can you do it on someone with EDS? And she's like, oh yes, I think, you know, we can, but we only do it on lower backs. Like you, is your lower back an issue? And I'm like, actually my lower back is fine. It's probably the only part of my body that is fine and has no issue currently. It has hurt in the past. And I was saying, no, I want it on my shoulders. And she's like, I don't know if we can do it on shoulders. And she's saying it has to be on a, cause your shoulder would have too much movement. And she's explaining when you inject the prolotherapy, it obviously stabilizes the joint. And she was thinking that it would stabilize the joint so much that my shoulders would be unable to move. And she's like, we have to do it in a, in a part of the body that doesn't move that much, like such as the lower back. But when you do it on EDS, because my joints aren't stable, surely that would make them stable as opposed to say someone has a painful back, but it's stable, for example, let's just say it is stable. And then you inject it there. Well, then obviously it's going to stabilize it so much that it's rigid and can't move. And I was trying to explain that. And look, even in the prolotherapy thing that I was reading out, look, dysfunction with instability. Like you can have instability, but it does obviously predominantly have stuff to do with lower back. And I'm like, well, this is annoying because she doesn't seem to get that my body is different and that to do it on my shoulders, it like they're already loosey-goosey. Like if you see my shoulders, they are they droop quite a bit. They're very lax, I suppose. And I do physio and physio is great for strengthening the muscles and trying to get the joints to rely on the muscles as opposed to the joints, which are no good. If your joints are unstable, then you want your stability to come from the muscles and the muscles will therefore support the joint, hold the joints in place so you don't have dislocation. And I worked on my muscles in my shoulders and it did work really well. It's actually been quite good. I will have bouts though, where they become agitated and I look, I sleep on my side too. So it it easily becomes agitated. I've tried things. It's hard to not sleep on your side when it's comfortable and normal for you. But like I've done like the pregnancy pillow thing I've done, you know, at the time when I was doing physio, we strapped my shoulders with tape to hold them up in place pretty much all the time that was good. Even when I took the tape off, it would kind of stay still in place for a few nights afterwards. And then I worked on the muscles. It actually was very, very helpful, which is why physios are great. Please look for a physio who is educated in EDS because they will understand hypermobility, you know, as well as hypermobility, but also make sure they understand EDS and how that is different to just hypermobility in normal people. It's like another level. Even despite months and months of being at physio, my shoulders are still very droopy. My joints are deteriorating. When it comes to prolotherapy and actually stabilizing my joints, obviously if I have a chance at stabilizing my joints rather than just like trying to keep up the muscles to support the joints, I want to be able to do that, especially when it's going to get harder and harder throughout my life to support these joints. They're going to keep deteriorating. The more times I dislocate them, the more time I sublux or partially dislocate them, I'm doing damage to the ligaments. It's a degenerative deteriorating condition. That's what EDS is. So the sooner I could actually fix the solution, which is what this is, rather than braces or muscle stuff, in the end, it's Band-Aid solution. It's not a permanent thing, but this is 
as close to a cure as we have. So it is very exciting stuff and very important stuff for doctors to be aware of. Like, um, but they need to know about EDS first to know about this. Anyway, so she was like very confused about the shoulders and she's like, what? Um, and she was proposing that she really wanted to instead sear off the nerves where she thinks it might be affecting my shoulders or something like that. Just sear off the nerves near my neck. Look, I feel like the neck, the spinal cord, correct me if I'm wrong, sensitive, an important part of the body, especially up there at the C1, C2. I feel like those are important that we don't really want to mess with unless we know what we're doing. And especially when she doesn't seem clear that she knows about EDS makes me feel like she doesn't fully know what she's doing. But she was like really adamant and pushing for like, oh yeah, let's do the crazy nerve searing. I don't know where she got to that stage when I was talking about my shoulders, but obviously I have pain in a lot of different joints. But she got me to stand up and she, you know, um, she's there like feeling my shoulders and my neck and the back of my head. I know that area is all very tight. It's like concrete because the muscle tension is so extreme there. From what I know about fibromyalgia when I thought I had it, a lot of that muscle tension is sort of like a protective mechanism mechanism of the body. When you're in pain, your body will tense up the muscles sort of a way to protect the area. Um, it almost blocks the nerves in a way, I think, where you won't feel a lot of things. Like it's trying it's trying to stop the pain for you, which is very nice. But obviously the muscle tension can cause issues as well, as well as pain in the muscles. So it's not exactly a solution. So that's what I was originally thinking was happening to do with that muscle tension that I've had for such a long time. Um, it doesn't actually bother me that much. I honestly don't feel it. When I get, maybe it's because I've got so much other pain going on. Muscle tension in my shoulders and neck is the least of my worries. And I don't notice. The only time I notice is when someone touches it or massages or like, yeah, the base of my skull is quite sensitive and painful. Like if anyone touches it, I'm like, ow. Like it's like they're stabbing me. Like it's very painful. So I just avoid massaging the area because as soon as I do, I realize how painful it is and then I'm filled with like pain and then it might radiate up to, radiate up to a headache. So it's almost like it's protecting me there. And what I think about that is less so, oh, there's pain there but not from a, a physical cause that we can find, i.e. fibro. I think it's more I have instability in my neck and those muscle, that muscle tension there is trying to take over for the joint at my neck there. It's obviously really lax. I know this. I've only recently become aware that my neck is incredibly mobile. Like I can bend my head right back and the base, the back of my head can connect with my back. So if you can imagine that, that's a pretty loosey-goosey neck. Um, didn't even realize that people don't bend their heads this far back. Why don't I notice these things until like far later? But like I don't really notice. I just think everyone can stretch their neck that far. I think those muscles there at the base, at the back there, are trying to support my that joint. And I'll go into a later episode, probably next episode, when I talk more about the symptoms because there's a lot of symptoms that can be related to that instability in the neck that cervical cranial instability can be a cause of a lot of concerns was which I'm doing a lot of research into at the moment because I used to think that I had well I do have a dislocating jaw and I used to think that I had 
all this head problem and neck problem was related to my jaw, but I'm actually thinking it's all stemming from that instability in my neck because I feel like my jaw isn't as bad lately. So I'm like, what is it coming from? So yeah, I think it's from the neck and my head, I have quite a forward distension of the neck. So my head sits quite far forward. And I also used to have quite a pronounced, I don't want to say hump. <laughs> Look, I had bad posture and I was like slouched, I guess. And so all of that muscle strain was trying to pull my head back, trying to control that joint that's so unstable, looking after the head trying to pull my whole body back. I'm there slouched because that fall, like your head's heavy. And if your head's too far forward, your body just goes with it. So like the, the spine went with it. I had, you know, I was obviously hunched, had a rounded spine at the top to try and just going with my head was just pulling it forward. All this muscle tension, trying to pull my head back. It was just chaos there. And what it led to was, I think it pulled my spine so that my spine you know, you have a dip at the base of your spine, like near your butt, just before your butt, it would dip in. And I never had that. It was completely flat because the rounded upper back, my, yeah, my poor posture and my head forward actually pulled my spine straight. So physio, actually, well, I did do chiropractic, did see a chiropractor for a while, um, which sort of helped, but I think it was physio was the main thing that we do a lot of posture work and just trying to train those muscles. And I think that helped a lot when it came to my headaches and neck pain and like any of that. I think it really helped. Even though I have a lot of muscular tension still in my neck and shoulders, I feel like that working on my posture really helped quite a lot, especially with migraines. I was having quite a lot of migraines and it definitely helped a lot. And it probably helps with a lot of other things. You know, when it comes to EDS, who knows where they're all coming from? When it's such a whole body thing, it's so hard to tell where to start. Like, you got to fix everything, and then you're just like, I don't know which one it was. I don't know what's causing this. It could be, like, a million different things in my body because everything's wrong. But, like, you do one at a time, people. You just do one at a time, one specialist at a time, and slowly get through it, and maybe eventually... You can be semi-normal. A semi-normal mutant is what we're going for. So crazy um, chronic pain specialist lady was like, you know, not understanding, thinking we could just sear off the nerves here. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think all this blocked muscle tension, that's indicative of, like, the nerves, like, being very sensitized, I suppose, and I guess the muscle tension protecting the nerves, which, you know accurate if we're talking fibro but again she didn't know I was she didn't understand EDS so she was just talking in a general chronic pain uh, or no longer a physical cause and just brain sensitivity issues so she just thought searing off the nerves would make that muscle tension go away and I guess she thought the muscle tension going away would then somehow help my shoulders she thought I was literally insane I mean she was quite rude I was wearing um knee braces and she was very much like what are those for like she was quite a bit thinking it was a bit of a joke like I'm just putting them on for the fun of it or my confused about my finger splints thinking that was just for fun I don't know if she's trying to, if she thinks I'm just exaggerating what exaggerating what it is and I am trying to stabilize my joints by using these sort of supports this isn't a child who 
who is just imagining a boo-boo and wants to get a band-aid because it's cute. Like, this isn't the same situation as at all, but that's how she was kind of treating me. But, like, if I get a bad vibe from, like, the doctor who should really know about prolotherapy, she's going to refer to people, then I just have bad vibes in general. And I do not want to put my body in the hands of any kind of um, centre if they're not adequate, if they're not going to take care of me properly. So when you when you sense bad vibes, people, you don't have to put up with it. Get out of there. Find someone who will um, take care of you. Anyway, I don't want to do the nerve searing. I like my nerves. Yes, they alert me that I'm in pain. However, you know, even if they're sensitized, they do still alert me when I've dislocated my shoulder so I can pop it back in. So we found a prolotherapy guy in Brisbane. His name is Dr. Dupre. He is in Moray Field in Queensland. He is at Health Hub Doctors in Moray Field. Done on people with EDS and he has he is an off orthopedic specialist okay he uses prolotherapy on people um so he's done it on normal people um or people with instability and he's done it on people with eds as well i don't know how many eds patients he's done it on i know he's at least done it on me and he talked about another girl he had done it on who i got in contact with and talked with her about it um and he wrote an article about that girl I am going to link that article by Dr. Dupre in the show notes below because I think it's important to note, um, depending on where you are, I think it's important to share that with an orthopedic specialist, with doctors. Apparently, he says it's quite simple and he wishes more people would know about it, but it seems like not enough people know about it or know how to do it. And I think it's especially important that people know how to do it on an EDS person and understand about it. And he is wonderful. He is kind. So with all the people he's done it with, he's had good results. So it sounds like it is quite helpful. Like amazing that I am seeing a person who may give me as close to a cure as possible for my lifelong incurable genetic mutation people and... And he was willing to inject as many as I wanted, all of them that I wanted. He knew I was coming from Melbourne, so he was more than happy to do that. It can take a bit longer than a standard appointment. I think the first time I was in there for probably a couple hours. But the next time I was only in there for half an hour because, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We knew what we were doing a bit more. So when I went in there, he, he talked to me about what are all the joints that are concerning you. Tell me how long you've had a problem with them. If they've dislocated, if they've just subluxed. Dr. Dupre was like asking me if I could dislocate any of my joints. And unfortunately, I cannot do them on command. So uh, it's more of an end of the day thing or when I'm sleeping thing. I can't really pop it in and out. But some people can. And obviously, they may require some uh, more more um, injections that I may need. Look, and here is the game changer about this. He will do it bulk bill, people. For free. How many times have I paid $300 plus, $500 to go and see some specialists who would not help me at all? So we brought in the camera crew to record it. So he's he's thinking ahead. He wants more people to learn how to do it. So they were taping how he was injecting it into the joint so that more people can learn about it, which is great because we want more people to learn about it. So if you know of some doctors, if you know about any orthopedic specialist 
Get them to learn about prolotherapy and EDS. Get them to learn about Dr. Dupre. Get them to contact him. Get them knowledgeable on this. We need to carry this through into the next generation and we need more people to be aware of this. I'm a medical marvel and we love to record people who are freaks of nature, i.e. me. So he saw my thumb and he's like, yes, we can do this. Because I said I want it in my thumbs. Don't know if he's done it on thumbs before, but my thumbs, I've got finger splints. Anyway, so I showed my thumbs and he's like, okay, hypermobile. So, you know, did that for the camera. Here's my little performing circus act. And then he injected the glucose combined with the anesthetic kind of solution. So he injects it a little bit in the joint. And obviously it's a bit tricky because the joint is so small in the thumbs. Anesthetic seems to take a while to work on me. I think that's part of my EDS. I was just in so much pain because the anesthetic just wasn't working. But it did eventually work. He just has to leave it in there for a little bit and wait a little bit longer. So day two was so much more pain-free and I also was probably more used to it. And I was also sitting down and with pain, if I'm ever in pain, I get immediately quite dizzy, lightheaded, nauseous. So I'm like, gotta lie down. Unfortunately, once you've kicked off that chain reaction of girls gotta faint, I'm not in for a good way for the rest of the time. So I think thumbs, you know, fingers are pretty sensitive in general trying to inject a needle in there. And also when you're injecting it, you've got to get it into the capsule. That's what he was talking about. I mean, I tried to listen, but when you're in pain, it's so hard to learn people. We'll just assume it's a space, people. It's a bit of space in your joint. That's where we inject the stuff, okay? So you've got to pass it through, uh, you know, muscle and fat. Yeah, then we proceeded on to the other things. I did both thumbs. Then he did the right knee. That was also quite painful. And I think it was because my knee was already acting up. The It was getting a bit sore. The muscles around it were quite sore when I came in. So the act of injecting it through the muscle, I think really hurt. Very stingy and painful. Um, very tender. Let's go with that. Tender. And um, I was yelping in pain and a little bit teary because I was just in pain. And I think I was quite pale and getting a little shaky and nauseous and dizzy and all those things that I do. Um, I was explaining to him that it might have been a bit of my pots where I, you know, I get a little, I get a little dizzy. The, the blood flow and the oxygen has a hard time going to the brain, I think. Thankfully, I didn't faint, but I just laid there for a while. And then he did, I explained about my neck and said that I think my neck is quite hypermobile. So he said, oh, you know, and I get headaches. And he was asking me where the pain comes from. And I thought it was the back of my skull because that is where it's quite sore and tender where they, you know, if I get touched there, it's very like an ice pick sensation when touching. Um, so he says, yeah, okay, we can inject it back there. And he was like, you know, wherever it was tender. So when he injected, he's just like, let me know when it's tender because then he knows that's where he needs to um, release the solution. So um, he did it in two points in the back of my skull. So it was like base of, you know, nape of the neck and a little bit like an inch up into the hair a bit more. But here's the pattern. When it comes to my neck instability, I will start to, my neck will feel a little bit funny. And it's almost like it's just... My head, it feels like a bobble head. It feels like it's not quite in the right place. It feels like it's going to just like teeter off at any moment. And then it kind of leads to a bit painful when my, when I, 
turn my head. It's very sensitive. It's almost like I have to just keep my head in one spot. Like I have to just put some cushions around it and just not move. And then it radiates to like my jaw will get a bit clicky and a bit more stiff and a bit sore and tender. And then I'll get um, headaches. Um, it's definitely been worse in the past, which is why it was difficult to pinpoint where it is. But at the moment, I feel like it's starting from the neck. That is the starting point. And I used to think, oh, it's my TMJ, um, my t whatever TMD in the jaw where I felt like that was doing it. And because I would have like temple pain. But because the headaches aren't so bad and the pain isn't so bad, I can... I can feel the different sensations a little bit more. I'm a bit more noticeable of the fact that I'm feeling vertigo, I'm feeling nauseous, all these sort of things because I think of the instability of the neck. Now, I don't fully know what's going on. There's probably, there's so many different types of explanations for that in EDS, which I'm looking into. And then he did both my shoulders. When it came to the injections, the neck and the shoulders were okay by then. Who knows? Maybe I had already checked out. Uh, obviously, it took me a bit to, like, feel good enough to sit up. And then you're a bit numb, so you're a little bit walking funny, a um, bit numb in the thumbs for a bit for the rest of the day, so it was a bit hard to use my thumbs. And, you know, they were starting to bruise and everything. Um, the pain wasn't too bad. I was just kind of limping a bit because it's a little bit sore in that knee. Probably quite glad that I didn't get both knees at the same time because it actually worked out better for me to do it at least a day apart. That night it was a bit sore, definitely in the shoulders. Um, so I just had to prop myself, like prop some pillows under my shoulders. A bit stiff getting up in the morning, um, but I was relatively fine. Could walk the next day, walk fine again. And then the next day we did the left knee that was fine. I'm like, okay, was I imagining all this pain yesterday? Am I just insane? Am I actually sick? Am I faking it all? All these sort of things run through your mind because I'm just like, this actually isn't so bad. And then I did both ankles. They were fine. And then we did the wrists. And like, sure, it helped, hurt like a little bit, but it was like, you know, like getting your blood taken or donating blood, I suppose. He was probably used to the fact that I needed some more time for the anesthetic to kick in. And, you know, that is one of the things of EDS where anesthetic sometimes has less of an effect on people with EDS. It takes, it doesn't seem to work as effectively sometimes. I was fine, wasn't nauseous at all because this time I'm like, yep, straight to lying down. We are not going to start doing it until I am lying down. Anyway, so that was fine. I didn't feel nauseous or fatigued or anything. I was just kind of limping out of there because then I had like the pain in one knee from the day before and then the other one was a bit numb. So I was like having two issues. Obviously the numbness wore off and the pain came through, but then the right knee was settling down. So I always just had one knee that was worse than the other, which was better to be honest, because when it came to walking, it was just a bit easier to put the weight on whichever one was less painful at the time. It's just a bit swollen afterwards a bit you know you just feel a bit swollen and bruised look it's no big deal even when it comes to the shoulders I'm like well this is just like another day at the office really isn't it so um the pain I wouldn't say is anything too bad it's just a bit it's just a bit of a pain when you get all of them done at once so because I got my wrists done and my knees hurt trying to use my hands to help myself back up is a bit hard to like help myself get up out of the chair but yeah, not too bad. It's just if I get up off the ground, I will make guttural groans like a constipated moose. And, you know, people just have to be aware of that. 
Another thing, don't put on a sports bra before getting your shoulders injected and then trying to take your sports bra off at the end of the night. If it's hard enough to do normally, it's going to be extra hard to do when you've got in, you've been injected. Talking about when he was doing the shoulder, that people with EDS, the capsule is less defined, so it's harder to find the spot to put the needle in. So I think he was having a tougher time in my shoulders, which is interesting, and I want to kind of learn more about that. But I thought that was great confirmation to hear that he was, that the capsules are a bit smaller and a bit more less defined in people with EDS and I was having that and I'm like, okay, good. Because I always need reassurance that I am actually sick and I am, I do actually have something wrong with me as opposed to just being like a freak. Like I know I'm a freak, but I want to be like a, uh, a medical freak, a, a diagnosable freak as opposed to just being a, a, a subpar freak. Now I'm obviously trying not to make any of my any of the joints that I've done. Try and make sure they don't bend too far or um, don't hyperextend them at all because we want that stabilizing to go into place. So yeah, that's about all I have to say about prolotherapy at the, at the moment. I think prolotherapy is great. Go learn more about it. I will update you guys on how it's going for me, and I'm going to come back in two weeks and get injected again probably and see how I go and I'm looking forward to the results and I think it's helped a lot of people and I hope that it will have the same effect on me. It could make the world of difference to someone in disabling pain and someone who is you know wheelchair bound. Okay bye!